0: Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled, Honor Your Mother and Father, was given by Bill Doctrum, and it's the sixth in our series, Who We Are, Defining Community Through the Ten Commandments. Um, as I was praying through the preparation this morning, I just had a, a, a sense There's somebody here uh, who is dealing with some um, some anger that you've just recently kind of gotten in touch with, and it is... You don't know what to do with it. Uh, And I'm going to just create some space here in the service this morning uh, for you to offload that to Jesus. The cross is about anger. Uh, You don't kill somebody like that without anger being involved at some part in the process. Jesus can handle your anger, whatever the source of it is, something done to you that you've just now given yourself permission to kind of sink into uh maybe some injustice that you have experienced or witnessed and you you're you're paralyzed in knowing how to respond to it and all you can feel is this rage that's building up Uh, those are the two images that came to mind as i was praying and i want to just create some space to kind of offload that in its debilitating form onto jesus Often anger is one of the ways that shapes intercession, that shapes our praying. Does that make sense? So if you feel exercised, if you feel um, the weight of somebody else's injustice being done to somebody else, that might be God inviting you to partner with him in praying for that situation. It might be systems in the world. It might be... Um, uh, situations that have occurred. These are just some of that you're aware of. So let's just take a minute, all right? And if you're here and that speaks to you, uh, I'd like you to just take a moment and just pray your anger. Tell God what you think. And if it's at God that you're angry, that's okay too. He can handle your anger. And He will not in any wise cast you out because you're angry at Him for Whatever it might be, all right. So let's just take a couple of minutes, and 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 put that on Jesus, and then receive from Him strategies as to how to deal with that. All right. Praise God, Lord. We just take a couple of minutes, uh, either individually or maybe we grab the hand of the person next to us, uh, and we want to lift this stuff to you. We um, we don't want to be defined by anger, but we don't want to be afraid of it either. Anger is a legitimate response to things that have gone wrong somewhere. Sometimes, Lord, we recognize and admit in our own hearts that we get angry over things that are not legitimate because we know of no other way to respond. So, Lord, we want to just take a minute now, just in the stillness of this moment, and lift that stuff to you. Things that have been done to us, things that have been done to people that we love, systems that have corrupt and damaged and crushing to people that we should care about environment that is trashed and destroyed, Lord, we're, we're, we don't know what else to do. So we pray our frustration. We pray our anger. We pray our disappointment. We pray our pain and ask you to teach us how to pray more effectively for it, Lord. We just do that now. We lift it to you, Jesus. We speak it out to you, Jesus. We give it to you, Jesus. And pray for the release of your spirit. Teach us how to be angry without sin, I pray. To learn to manage and to be called into prayer by the injustice that we see and our response to it. Lord, as we turn the corner and and focus on this text today, we're dealing with probably for many of us one of the most troubling of the ten words the word that teaches us calls us to honor our mother and father. For some of us in the room, that's a real painful pressure point. Others of us had fabulous parents, and and honoring them is, is just so easy because it erupts out of love. For some of us, the honoring of our parents is going to be a spiritual discipline that we need help to learn how to do in ways that don't validate the toxicity that we inherited, but recognize the gift of life that we have received nonetheless from those, from those people who are as broken as we are. So I ask it, that you'd help us to sort through this stuff and uh, that it would be helpful to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can tell in my prayer, I didn't intend to do it that way, but just to introduce this, we are in the middle of a series now, almost literally in the middle of a a series of 10 weeks in which we're just reflecting on the 10 words that created the framework uh, for Israel's understanding of itself as a people and that then serve as a helpful guide for how we who want to be the people of God in a world that desperately needs us to be that. Uh, can frame and understand ourselves. So the first three of those ten words, and remember I keep on saying this, but it's important that we recognize that the word commandment does not appear in the Hebrew text here. God is not ordering these. He is suggesting this is how life gets ordered. you catch the distinction? It's really important. These are the rules of the game. You ignore them at your peril. The Ten Commandments, so-called, the Ten Words, are not for God's sake. If you worship other gods than Him, He's not been out of shape, but you are. So these words, He thinks, are good news. This is the way life gets structured, and as we pay attention to this, uh, life will go in a more manageable way, you won't get called out of bounds, you won't be disqualified from the game, because you pay attention to this. A few years ago, um, the, there was a, 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 a book written called uh, Tevye and His Daughters. You recognize the name Tevye as the lead character in what became a musical, Broadway musical built on that book called Fiddler on the Roof. What you may not know is that the title for the musical, Fiddler on the Roof, was inspired by a painting by the impressionist Mark Chagall who has an impressionistic painting uh, that he has a a memory of growing up in Poland as a French expatriate growing up in Poland before he finally relocates back into France of the uh, Jewish ghetto, the Jewish uh, settlements that they grew up in and and the place that music played in the ordering and the structuring of their life. Uh, And so he has a painting that probably made even more famous by the musical, of a fiddler on a roof. Now, the title of the painting is just The Fiddler. But this fiddler, as portrayed by Chagall, is standing at the peak, on the peak of a a house. He is standing on the roof and attempting to make music while balancing on this steep roof knowing that if he leans one way or the other, he's going to fall off the roof and the music stops. So I think of the the, the question then is, how how to make music standing on a peaked roof without falling off? How How to sing a song, how to play a song that reframes, redefines, reshapes people's understanding of their reality? while in danger of falling off the roof. How may feel like you're, you're you, you know what that feels like? You're trying to make music, but the danger is you're about to fall off the roof. Um, that's what the ten words give us. They give us instructions for fiddlers. Here's how you make music without falling off the roof. Here's how you sing a song that reminds people of who they can be without yourself getting lost in the dark. So that's what we're about today. The first three deal with our relationship with God. We talked about them before. No other gods before Him. Why? Because there aren't any. No graven image. Why? Because you are God's image. Don't take and use the name that He has given you as access to Him in an empty, meaningless, pointless fashion. When you do... You lose touch with the very source of your identity. You are people of the name. Don't degrade yourself by degrading the name. Okay? The fourth commandment that we talked about last week, the fourth word is what it means to love self. First three, love God. Fourth one is to love self because the Sabbath, remember, is created, as as uh, uh, Jeremy pointed out, the Sabbath is created... For man, right? Was it Jeremy that pointed out? Somebody pointed out this morning. It was, right? You, you, don't, you don't know, you don't care? You don't listen? It was the prayer. Is that what it was? Oh, it was in the prayer time that starts early before the service and nobody else was there but those who were praying. So, nonetheless. Oh, and it was Steve that did that, right? Does anybody care? All right. (laughs) Screwed that up. All right. Anyway, so the function of Sabbath is not uh, to, it was given to man. So again, for me, these are the, these, and then the last five, which we'll deal with today, deal with our relationships with other people. So in these ten words are summed up by Jesus, his threefold command of love love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, so that self, loving of self, is the bridge between loving neighbor and loving God. Does that make sense? So this fourth command, the Sabbath, is how we love ourselves. It's the creation of space so that we can remember we are a gift from God to the planet. We are created and we have been redeemed, those two twin things. So now, as he turns the corner and starts to talk about how we relate to one another, how we love one another, he starts with the most fundamental of our relationships. That is the relationship that exists between children and parents. First thing that I need you to remember is that he's not talking to children below the age of 13, he is writing to the adult congregation. So he is not letting those of us who are adults off the hook in our honoring of parents, right? Now let's—I'll let, tell you what. Let's get this framed here. If anybody, we've got some Bibles along the sides. Maybe I can get some help with some folks. If anybody needs one, would you mind just raising your hand? Because we don't have the screen today. We'll be um, we'll be uh, looking at the text. We've got two or three at the front here. Thanks, Sean. Um, Jordan, we got one more over here. Well. Did you drop the Bible? <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any, anybody else? Well, we've got one right in the middle over here. Kevin, if, do we have an extra one? Thank you. Got it. Great. Okay, so we're going to be, first of all, in Exodus. Second book in the Old Testament. That is, start at the beginning. Go through the first one, which is Genesis. Now to Exodus. And we're going to be in the 20th chapter, We're just going to look at one verse here, and then we're going to look at another passage. The verse that we're going to look at here is verse 12. So Exodus 20, verse 12. Remember, this is the story of how Israel came to understand itself, and we'll pick it up at verse 12 when he says this, Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, the translation that you have might read a little bit different than that, but the the gist of it is going to be largely the same. Now, if if I can invite you to keep on turning over to the right, to the book of Deuteronomy, it's the fifth book in, And we'll look at the fifth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Here's the Ten Commandments, so the ten words are repeated again just before the people go into the promised land, the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And I want you to notice that this um, word has a slightly different development like we talked about last time. Remember, Sabbath in Exodus is about creation, in Deuteronomy is about redemption. Here we have a, just a slight variation between the two versions, but, that it's, it, but it's an important one. Look at verse 16 of the fifth chapter of Deuteronomy. And then we're going to use this as the frame for what we talk about. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged. So here the rationale is the same. And notice this extra phrase, that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord gives you. So, the dual connection here in Deuteronomy is important. Honor your father and your mother, so that it will, so that your days are prolonged and it goes well with you. So that's the double rationale uh, that 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 we get there, and that gives us a hint as to why God thinks it's important to honor our father and our mother. Our future is dependent on our acceptance of our past. If you don't honor who you have come from, you have nowhere to go. And that's the rationale for that fifth word. The honoring of our parents is a foundation on which we can stand as we look into the future. Because this is written to that bridge generation. Generation. This is written to adults who presumably, in the culture, under normal circumstances, will have children. So this is written to the people in the middle. Honor your mother and your father. Here you stand looking back and extending yourself forward so that your children can see the example of the honoring of parents and honor you if you as an adult want your days to be long in the land and productive and blessed and prosperous in not too many years from now your life will be in the hands of children who you have taught to honor parents if you don't teach them to honor parents Why in the world should they honor you when they are in the bridge generation? Do you you see see what he's he's thinking here? Anybody realize God's really, really smart? We should just write stuff down when he talks, don't you think? Oh, somebody did. Good. Okay, so that's that's the rationale that we're working on here. And I want to unpack this, and I know as I prayed that this is a real... A difficult issue for some of us because not everybody had parents that are honorable. Right? Not everybody had parents that are honorable. Can I just underline this? This is not about your parents, this is about you being the kind of person who is solid enough in who they are that they can honor even dishonorable persons. This is about you. This is about the kind of per- remember this is about the kind of person who can stand on a platform of holiness that's what we're defining here and extend a hand to people who are adrift in the sea of their lives so it's 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 about it's about you We'll come back to that in a minute A uh, couple of things I need you to notice the word honor here means uh, respect it means give give place to it means attend to. Uh, esteem them, take them seriously. This is a difficult one uh, in our culture, but it's an important one for us. We are now the third generation. You uh, 20-somethings, early 30-somethings are now the third generation who have, because of the pace of industrialization, the pace of mechanization, the pace of uh, information, are now a third generation who is removed from actual practical skills being able to be handed down to you. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, it was important for a son to honor his father because it was from his father that he earned his ability to live. He learned how to farm, he learned how to build, he learned how to make things. But now we are three generations from that. My father couldn't teach me how to manage the resources that I would need for my life. My dad uh, grew up uh, adding columns of figures in his head, just as an example. He was, he was crisp and sharp with math. And so when, when somebody handed him a calculator, he never trusted it. He would add the figures on the calculator and then check the calculator by adding them in a column that he would write out on his own. He was a whiz with a slide rule. Anybody know what a slide rule is? It's an ancient artifact of a departed civilization <laughs> that, that we would use. I learned how to use it in my training for electronics. we learned how to use it. And to calculate, you could make that thing click and clack and move things back and forth and come up with, a, with an answer that would solve an arithmetic or mathematical or scientific calculation. Right. Now, if you don't have a calculator in ninth grade, you can't survive ninth grade. Kids cannot add, you've, you've, you've experienced this, you go into McDonald's or you go into Jack in the Box or you go into Macy's and if you hand them a dollar bill, they cannot make change without the little scroller screen on the top of their cash registers telling you how much they owe you back. I'm not sure that's an improvement. But that's the reality of it. So here we are, this third generation. That's why I think whether Moses obviously didn't have us in mind, but maybe God had us in mind when he said, remember, there are going to be things that you can learn from your parents. There are going to be things that your parents learn from you. But if you want your parents to learn things from you, it begins with you honoring them. You earn the right to be heard by honor, okay? The second thing I I want you to notice is that this is the second of only two positive words in these ten words. Everything else is phrased in the negative. Everything else gives us the boundary markers. It doesn't tell us how to play the game. It just tells us don't cross this line. Don't, for example, we'll talk next time about, um, or in the next couple of times, about don't murder, or don't steal, or don't lie, or don't have any other gods before me it doesn't tell us very much about how to worship the god that we do have right it just says don't cross the boundary marker on this side here we are given in in the sabbath last week and in the honoring of parents a positive frame here's how you negotiate the reality of the game honor not a big point but i need you to 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 recognize it the third thing that I want you to really quickly notice as foundation before we start to dig into this more, is that mothers are included in this. Why is that significant? Because by this time, Israel had become a highly patriarchal, male-dominated, male-defined culture. And Moses repeatedly Through Genesis, Moses, I believe, is the author of these texts or the originator from which they came. Moses repeatedly tries to pull us back into the valuing of women in that society. You'll notice the lengths to which he goes in talking about the invention of marriage to validate equally the role of the woman and the man, uh, even using the language to refer to their equality, um, uh, the the nature of their, their relationship. So here's yet another example in which he says, if you only honor your father, you're missing a fundamental part of who you are. There are things that mothers hand on to children that fathers cannot hand on to children. There are things that... Fathers hand on to children that mothers cannot hand on to children. So you, if you can think of the developmental stages, and uh, Kohlberg has worked through this, James Fowler has worked through this, uh, Piaget even has worked through this in terms of the development of the person. Zero to five, bottom line, is mom. The world's a safe place. There's security. Home is a good environment. Dad is there. But mom is primarily the teacher. Between 5 and 10, roughly, the world is a place of grand adventure. It is a place of play. It is a place of celebration. And both parents are involved here. 10 to 15, you have capacity as an adult. Your sexuality is beginning to develop. Your beauty as a woman, your strength as a man, all of those things are received as gift from father. Mama's still there, but the primary shaper of core identity between the ages of 10 and 15 is dad. 15 to 20, get out of the house. We really enjoyed having you here. You have capacity to function on your own as an adult. Goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, more or less. Because the purpose of having children is to get rid of them. Right? Right? So that somewhere between the ages of 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, Southern California, Southern Florida, and Hawaii, male, 25 to 35, somewhere in there. <laughs> Got to move them out. But anyway, um, and here, here's, 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 what, here's what he's saying. Now, please notice, if you have lost a parent either through death or divorce, at any one of those stages, notice what gets lost Incapacity. A lot of kids, for example, are forced to be adults at seven or eight. They lose capacity to play, which is fundamental to worship. You see, a lot of girls have an absentee father. A lot of guys have an absentee father. Even though he's physically present in the room, he is emotionally distant. And so never learn their sexuality in a safe way. They never learn their beauty in a safe way. A son is not given his masculinity by his father if the father is viewing his son as his competition rather than his partner. Do you see? So this is the framework. Honor your father and your mother whether or not they are honorable. However, it's going to require of us that we attend to the gifts we didn't receive as a way of honoring them. We'll talk about that in just a second. So here's, here's where we, we want to look at this. Um, in, in, it, it, first of all, part of what this command or word requires of us is that we recognize we're built for community. Like we talked last time about the turtle on the fence post. Nobody is here on their own. Everybody had help. And even though we struggle and strive as much as we can to maintain a fairly rigid boundary marker, and we are, especially in Western culture, more able to be individualistic than any other culture in the world, and I'm not sure it's good for us. We can drive in to our gated community, we can push our garage door opener, we can drive into our garage close the door behind us and go into our home and never even know who our neighbors are so that when there is a crisis proverbs says who do you call now nobody go ghostbusters on me but anyway when there is a crisis right do you call a a family member far away or a neighbor who is near if you don't have neighbors there's a price to pay The second element of this that is critical for us is to remember that individuality arises from community, not the other way around. The only thing that enables you to be an individual is the fact that you are in a community of people who loves you and gives you foundation for that individuality. Otherwise, you're out there on your own. So it's critical for us to know that we're not self-originating. We are built for community. And this word says remember how you got to be part of the community. You were born into it. You have place and space because of your connection to those folks. You remember all of that boring stuff in, if you've read through the Bible in a year or, and, and you just eyes start to glaze over and mind goes numb when you get to like to Genesis chapter 5 and all those genealogies? And you wonder, why in the name of all that is holy did the Holy Spirit think it was important that 5,000 years ago we recognized so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so? Why in the world does that matter? This is why it matters. It's a way of connecting to identity. In fact, for some of us in other parts of the country, if you go to the south, in some parts of the south, they want to know who your daddy is. Because knowing who your daddy is enables them to know who you are. It gives you space and place. And part of what Moses is saying here is you are linked to community by your parents. They know who you are because they know who those folks were. They give you place and name and introduction. They give you an environment and a context. They, they create space and are the first disciplers one of the things that 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 i try and impress on on new parents is that you are your first are your child's first connection to what god is like when we dedicate children for example it's a it's a way of saying i recognize as a parent i'm a steward of of this child i i this isn't mine this is god's gift to me to raise on his behalf so We serve that connection. And a lot of you, how many of you, I want to ask for a show of hands, but how many recognize the damage that has been done in your own soul to the image of God as Father because of the nature of your own Father? He was hostile. He was brutish. He was belligerent. He was mean. He was judgmental. He was perfectionistic. And so, Heavenly Father? How do I I negotiate that? Well, we do know what the ideal is, and some of you have an ideal relationship with a, a very human father, and you get it. it. It's easy for you to relate. But Paul, or excuse me, Moses is saying here, part of the thing you need to attend to is the honor that is due to somebody who is as human as you are trying to do a role that is an impossible role. So... We ought to go beyond our beginnings, beyond our birthright. We ought to go beyond that, but that will always be our foundation. And to forget where you came from is to forget yourself, to lose yourself. To disable your past is to disable your future. That past serves as a foundation. So to honor mother and father then is a way of connecting ourselves to that past, and to the future. If we don't acknowledge and honor our past, we have little foundation for our future. And here's how this works if you deny or resist your past without embracing it, you will repeat it. Family systems theory. What you deny, you repeat. What you resist, you reverse. I mean, and and sometimes it's as silly as the kind of car you drive. Our family only drove Chevys, right? But I didn't like my family, so I'm only going to drive Fords. Who's controlling the vehicle you drive? The strings are still getting pulled from way back when, right? So instead of saying, whatever they were, I'm not, say, they were. Now, of that, who am I going to be? What am I going to be? How am I going to think about things? Do do you see what we're after here? But if you're not aware of that, embracing that, accepting that, you drive in the ditch on the other side and don't even know what happened. Okay? So we quickly become then the parents, that bridge generation, the mothers and fathers, to whom honor becomes due. Our honoring of our parents then teaches our children how to honor us. Because this is a single generation lesson. Anybody dropping the ball, nobody's to pick it up. They don't know how. So what does this mean? Again, not all parents are worthy of honor. I get that. And, and by the way, so does the Bible. If you read through the Bible, it's, there's nothing but dysfunctional families in there. Right? You, you all ought to find yourself fully at home in there. Somewhere. At least I do. Right? I, 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 have, I have models for the perfectionism with which I damaged my children. And have had to repent. There's all kinds of ways. I mean, as, as a dad looking back... I, 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 I think through the things that I have said, the ways that I have said things. How I, I have, in the inter, as a pastor, I want my kids were an extension of my identity. So if they weren't perfect, what would people think of me? Well, who the hell cares what they think of me? What does that little boy, three boys, what does that little boy look like? fully himself disconnected from his dad's role as a pastor you see and there's people in the new testament people in the old testament who who i recognize i mean we talk about david as a man after god's own heart the guy was a lousy father right read the story that's why i love the scripture is that there's no sugar coating it's just raw and real. So, having said that, again, let me remind you, honoring of parents is not specifically about parents. It's about you as someone who can honor. To honor, then, does not mean to obey without question. Unfortunately, this text gets used as the building of a, of a hierarchical structure, where you have you know God, and then you have the oldest male member, and then successively down through there until you get down to gerbils and goldfish at the bottom of the pile, right? That's not what he's got in mind here. Uh, it, it is it is important for us to recognize that obedience without thinking is not honoring. I can't think of a father who is worthy of that title, and I'll use that language carefully, who does not want his son or his daughter, a mother who does not want her son or her daughter, to at some point in their developmental life, say to them, you're wrong. I want my kids to have the freedom to talk back, to be independent of me. That's honoring to me to be whole persons without reference to me that's honoring to me does does that make sense and so part of this is even though I disagree I want to disagree agreeably that's what honoring means honoring doesn't mean saluting when they come in the room honoring means recognizing their place and value and still from that recognition, giving weight to their words, giving honor to their place, coming to your own conclusion and living out the consequences of it. Right? So that's, that's part of the, the structure. To, to honor means to attend and respond. So as we're sitting that To honor your parents then means to recognize them, this is another hard part, as other than you to let them leave home. Some of us are dishonoring our parents by trying to fix them. It's the third stage of something called differentiation. First stage, I leave home. Second stage, I become an individual apart from my family of origin. Third stage, I let my parents leave home. It's the hardest part. How many recognize that? to let your parents be who they are without reference to you. They can be as crazy, as mixed up, as wacko as you knew them to be. And they're okay. They're just who they are. Is that all right? Is it okay that your parents be nuts? I'm glad my kids aren't here because they'd be yelling and screaming, yes, of course it's okay because they are. But anyway, this is the hard part because we think... When we're children, our parents think that we reflect on them. When we're adults, we think our parents reflect on us. Get a life. Your own. You know, how are we doing? Isn't, how many, you understand, I think this is what Moses is up to here. These are the rules of the game. This is how life gets passed on without toxicity getting passed on. Honoring does not mean imitation. Honoring means honoring. And part of honoring might be able to say, I'm going to go a different way. And this is especially the case when you have parents who are not disciples of Jesus. Where their capacity to influence and advise is limited to things they know that doesn't mean they're not wise doesn't mean there's things that they can't teach you doesn't mean that you can't honor them in other ways that are appropriate but in some of you may need to find parents in the faith who you will honor in more helpful ways in terms of the development of your life in Christ that's okay, but nonetheless we still have this honoring capacity it's a learned It's a posture of respect, and it develops over time. Final thing I want you to understand here as we draw to conclusion is this is part of training in power. Remember, we are built for power. We're the image of God. He has empowered us, and He wants us to have power. Power is not a problem, but we've got to be trained into how to manage power, otherwise we're going to abuse it. One of the ways we abuse it in this capacity is what happens when I get to be in charge. When I'm put in a position of authority, how am I going to use my power? And sometimes, I've seen this happen over and over and over again. The way we use our power is to trash and destroy everything that's come before us. And then we stand on the rubble of what has been proclaiming ourselves the victor with the new and better way. I've seen this happen with churches and pastors in in, in pastoral transitions sometimes. Uh, a, A new pastor comes in with a new vision, and his or her way of establishing the validity of that new vision is to damage and destroy everything that's gone before them. And then in four or five years, they've run out of steam and they leave. Right? I've seen this, I've seen this in, 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 in universities where I work, I've seen this in, in, in businesses, uh, I've seen this. Transitions are horribly difficult things unless you know how to handle power. Can you stand in a new position and honor what has gone before you and build on it or do you have to trash and destroy it so that you can be the great man, the great woman who has got the new word for God in the new, new age? really? People have been around for a while. We've been doing stuff for a while. We've been doing church for a while. Some of it doesn't work. Others of it works. Can you be trusted when you're now in a position to manage your power properly? This is one of the ways that we get trained in managing power. Does this make sense? So what does it mean? First, let's start by giving thanks for the gift of life transitioned to us from our parents from those who, who, through to us, who came to us. Some of you have fabulous relationships with your brothers and your sisters. Some of them are troubled. But you don't get to choose family. Right? Which is why it's really annoying when God calls us the family of God. I wish it would just be like the friends of God because then I could choose who I was related, but He doesn't let me do that, Right? I know that my mansion in heaven, my room in the mansion in heaven, is going to be next to people who annoy me. I just know that. How many of you know heaven's going to be a place of continued growth? Just Miguel and me. Okay. I guess the rest of you are going to have it nailed by the time you get there. Okay. Give the words of your father and mother. Give them place and weight. But put that in the appropriate context of in the Lord. Yeah? Choose against the prejudices of youth. That is to say, because I'm young, I know better than the generations that have gone before me. You don't. Choose against that. Learn the wisdom And take full advantage of it rather than having to reinvent the wheel every generation. Make friends with old people. Give them a place in your life. One of the best things I ever did as a youth pastor when I started out was to visit with all of the senior citizens in our church. And I invited them to become prayer partners with me for our youth group. It's the best thing I ever did. If I ever needed money for youth trips, I knew where to go. If, I needed a, if a kid that I had in my youth group had an abusive family situation, I knew grandmas and grandpas that would adopt them in a heartbeat. Right? I had a solid team of 15 to 25 or 30 old people that had nothing better to do than pray for my kids. There's value to people who have been around the block a few times honor respect it's one of the one of the things that Darren and I are praying through is, as the garden is predominantly a young church we need old people We've got to pray in some old folks okay that's I think why he asked me to come alongside just, anyway so make friends with old people give them place give them honor and uh there's benefit to that. And then consider what you're passing on. Because it won't be long before you're one of the old people. goes by that fast. You don't get to determine what people say about you at your funeral the day before you die. You don't build a legacy by being intentional about building a legacy. You build a legacy by unthinking faithfulness for, the, for your life. And then at the end, you look back and say, here's my testimony. Is it, you with me? Yeah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You for this Word uh, that is so uh, convicting to me and inviting. I pray that as we um, switch gears here a little bit and take some time and uh, Jeremy gives us some space to reflect that you would kind of speak into our hearts Holy Spirit what do we need to hear from here maybe there's a letter we need to write, an email we need to send, a phone call we need to to send maybe there's a, a pattern of attitudes that we need to shift maybe there's a a conversation that we've been putting off that we need to have. I ask you, Lord, for courage to walk in this word because there's a reason it's one of the top ten. So please help us to attend to that. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from the garden or would like to find out more about the garden church, check out our website at thegardenlp.org.